the Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's game day in Edmonton. The Oilers taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins to kick off a brief two-game homestand. Two games in two nights for the Orange and Blue. It starts tonight against the Pens and then wraps up tomorrow night, 5 p.m. face-off, Saturday night against the Montreal Canadiens. The Oilers, of course, looking to keep pace in the Pacific Division with their rivals from Vegas and Arizona, the Coyotes, through 37 games, 20-13-4, and four, good for 44 points. They're 5-5-0 in their last 10. They dropped the decision to the Minnesota Wild last night. The Vegas Golden Knights, by the way, through 38 games, 19-13-6, also at 44 points. They are 6-2-2 two two in their last 10 and dropped an overtime decision last night. The Oilers... Through 37 games, 19, 14, and 4, good for 42 points. Edmonton, 3, 6, and 1 in its last 10. And you will recall coming off that 2-1 loss, a tough one in St. Louis back on Wednesday. As for the Pittsburgh Penguins, through 34 games this year, the Pens hold down the second wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference. 20, 10, and 4 on the season, one point up on Philadelphia for that first wildcard spot. The Pens are 7-3-0 in their last 10 games and have rattled off three straight victories. So we'll get into the Oilers and Penguins matchup. We also have a ton of audio for you today. We're going to hear from Oilers starting netminder Mike Smith, who was sensational against the Penguins back on November 2nd, making 51 saves in a 2-1 OT victory. We're also going to hear from head coach Dave Tippett, as well as a special treat for you. Dropping the ceremonial face-off tonight will be OSU star running back and Edmonton area product from Sherwood Park, Chuba Hubbard. He will be the guest of honor, if you will, tonight at the Oilers and Penguins game, dropping the ceremonial face-off. And we'll also hear from him. He had a chance to speak to the media as well following the team's morning skate. Some Things to get into before we hear from starting netminder Mike Smith. This is what we're expecting from the Oilers lineup. Connor McDavid centering Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the left side and Zach Cassian on the right. Leon Dreisaitl on the second line centering James Neal and Sam Gagne. Gaetan Haas between Joachim Nygaard and Alex Chason. Riley Shahan centering Jujar Kara and Josh Archibald on defense. Clefbaum Larson, Nurse Bear. Chris Russell with Caleb Jones. That means Patrick Russell, Marcus Granlin, and Brandon Manning are your healthy scratches. Matt Benning still out with a concussion. As for the Penguins, this is what we're expecting from them tonight. Evgeny Malkin with Jake Gensel and Brian Rust. Jared McCann with Zach Aston Reese and Dominic Cahoon. Teddy Bluger between Dominic Simone and Brandon Tanev. Joe Blandizi between Alex Galchenyuk and Sam Lafferty. Galchenyuk looks like he is available if a team wants to make the right offer to the Penguins and Jim Rutherford because things have not worked out well between the Penguins and Galchenyuk this season. Of course, he came over in that trade with the Arizona Coyotes in the offseason for Phil Kessel. On defense, Jack Johnson paired up with Chris Letang. Marcus Pedersen with John Marino, of course, John Marino, the former Oilers prospect. Yuso Ricola with Chad Ruedel is the Pens' third pair. Out for Pittsburgh tonight, Kevin Chuchman, who's been called up from Wilkes-Barre Scranton, as well as Thomas DePauli. 
Sidney Crosby is injured. Patrick Hornquist injured, as is Nick Bukestad and Justin Schultz. All of them out. Starting goalies, I mentioned Mike Smith getting the nod, 7-8-2 with a 308 goals against average, 896 save percentage in 18 games with one shutout. As for the Penguins, former Edmonton Oil King Tristan Jari getting the nod in goal. He is 10-5-0 on the year with a 185 goals against average, 940 save percentage with three shutouts in 15 games. He is facing the Oilers for the first time in his career. He also won the 2014 Memorial Cup with the Oil Kings. So a bit of a homecoming there for Tristan Jari. Also of note, this is one of four games on the NHL schedule tonight. Second and final meeting of the season between the Penguins and Oilers. The Oilers coming off that 2-1 loss, as I mentioned before. The Penguins knocked off the Calgary Flames 4-1 on Tuesday. The Pens have won three straight and six of their last seven games. Pittsburgh playing the second game of four straight on the road. They are, you know, it's kind of weird. It's broken up, these four games. Uh, I guess you'd call it technically a road swing, but uh, they're facing the three Western Canadian teams. They'll go home for the Christmas break, and then they will take on the Nashville Predators on the 28th. So technically it's a four-game road swing for the Pens, but the Christmas break kind of breaks things up. By the way, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl can become the first set of teammates to reach 60 points in a team's first 38 games since Lemieux, Yager, and Ron Francis did it with the Penguins in 95-96. The Oilers are 24-12-2 with one tie all-time at home against the Penguins. The Penguins have won the last five visits to Edmonton and seven of the last nine meetings in Edmonton. The Oilers all-time, 39-32-4 with four ties versus Pittsburgh. Also of note, this is a biggie, the Penguins have an 18-game point streak against Edmonton. The Pens are 14-0-4 in that stretch. Uh, The Oilers' record is 4-11-3. Let's go inside the Oilers' locker room and hear from starting netminder, Mike Smith, who is 9-9-0 with a 2.67 goals against average, 9.14 save percentage with two shutouts in 19 games versus the Penguins. Getting another start against a club that you were lights out against, does that matter to a goalie when you have had recent success? It doesn't hurt. <laughs> but saying that, it's a new game and they're a good team. and. Um, we want to get back on track here after a loss to St. Louis, so I think it's uh, another good test for us back here at home. The numbers would suggest that you haven't quite played to that level since. Do you think that's somewhat of a reflection of, of the team, as a, or do you feel like there's a few things in your game that you want slightly tweaked moving forward? Yeah, I think my game's been average, to be honest. I think it's been... Uh, uh, looking back over the tape and the goals, they're not necessarily goals you'd say they're terrible goals by any means, but um, you know, to give your team a chance to win games, you got to make saves that you know are difficult sometimes. And um, as of late, I haven't made enough you know of the of the great A saves, and and need to make more of those in, in games, and and especially when when your team's in, you know fighting for point every point counts. So uh, you know, Miko's done an unbelievable job to to hold us in there in the most games uh, this year, and. I want to get back on track tonight with the same. Are you a guy that pours over a lot of video? Not a ton. I don't overdo it, but I definitely there's there's times where you can you know um, look over your game tape and and see things that maybe you need to work on and and uh, little adjustments you can make to help your game out and always trying to find ways to get better. 
I imagine with your time in the league, you've worked with several goaltending coaches. What has Dustin Schwartz brought to the table? How would you, what ingredient has he added, or is there something that sticks out about him? Yeah, I mean, Schwartz is an intense guy. I think we, we have a similar personality as far as uh, the way we go about things and um, the compete level and everything he does, he takes it pretty seriously. So I think it's, uh, uh, no, it's a good thing. It's, uh, he's, he's been uh, great to work with. He's been very positive and, and very supportive of my game. And, we're going to work hard all year long to uh, to give the team the best the best chance to win, and uh, it starts with the goaltending, obviously. You just do a desire, Mike, to I mean to stay in the mix and keep this a competition, you know, for that net every single night. Not you know, you were brought here to do that, and, and yeah. it's your desire to continue that. Yeah, I think the main thing is you just can't you know you get caught up sometimes when the team's not playing as well, and you you're trying to do too much out there. And I think it's just about you know sometimes taking a little bit of a step back and just worrying about things you can control and. Um, you know, the last few days in practice, that's what I've been, you know, my mindset has been and, and getting ready for this start tonight and hopefully it'll be a good one. You knew kind of ahead of time that of the back-to-backs this would be yours. Like, how did Dave handle that with you guys and kind of give you a, a bit of a chance to prepare? Yeah, I think for the majority of the season, the coaching staff's been great to, uh, to let us know kind of the schedule and when we're going to play and stuff so you have a chance to prepare a little bit. So I, I kind of had an idea I'll be, you know, playing this game and I've uh, been preparing for it for the last few days. So hopefully it can... Uh, can up the game and have a good one tonight. It's the Christmas season, and if you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on, and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. This is Locked On Oilers. The Oilers taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight to open up a brief two-game homestand that'll wrap up tomorrow night at 5 p.m. against the Montreal Canadiens. We heard from starting netminder Mike Smith. Let's hear from head coach Dave Tippett, who shuffled up his lines tonight as his team takes on the mighty Pens. Just continue to look for a little more five-on-five play if we can. You know, we had the three centers going on the two road trips, and uh, or the road, two games on the road trip. Uh, push to get... Uh, pushing to find something in the third period in St. Louis. We switched it up a little bit, but just uh, coming into these two games at home here, just trying to find some more five-on-five uh, production throughout our, throughout our group, trying to maximize each player how best we can. What have you seen from Nugent Hopkins? And I know he was a little banged up this year, but five-on-five. Five. Uh, Really, it's dependent who he's with a little bit, you know. We've had him, you know, the last two games, he's down in the three-hole, and then we're playing a real tight defensive game. His defensive game is fine, but I think there's more to give there in, on the offensive part, five-on-five, five, so that's what we're looking for tonight. Dave, just a couple for me. You had a couple 2-1 games after that stretch where the scores were a little higher. Is there a big contrast in how you guys played, or did just the – I think it's a number of things. We had a little more focus on defending, and, and Koskinen was really good in both games, so there was a number of things that came in. You know, we got the early lead in Dallas and played a real, I thought, a pretty sound game. It was a little frantic the last couple minutes, and they pulled their goalie that uh, we gave up the one kind of on a bad bounce. But uh, for the most part, we really we defended hard, tried to be a real sound and not give many outnumbered breaks and stuff like that. So there was some some uh, progress made from the first from the last few games there. But that being said, now you gotta you gotta find a way to play a complete game. A little more five on five scoring would help. 
three and four for you guys before the three-day Christmas break. From talking to coaches and athletes and doing interviews over the years, I've heard everything from loved games at Christmas, so much energy, everybody's happy, to distractions with family around and got to finish my shopping. What's your... I'm, I'm into that. I love games around Christmas when you're on the road. <laughs> so, but we, you know, we were away all week. We got home. We had a day off yesterday and uh, you got two games like 7 o'clock and 5 o'clock. You're going to be right immersed in it, so there's not much time to do anything else. So, uh, yesterday they had a day off to get some stuff done, but today we're back into it and we got these two games are both good teams and uh, we got to play well if we want a chance to win. Dave, you've had pretty good success when you make your decisions on which goal he's going. Obviously you had back-to-back, -back, so what's the reasoning for uh, Mike tonight and Miko tomorrow? Miko played two really strong games on the road. We were late getting in on Thursday and uh, we're going to have to split them with a 7 o'clock and a 5 o'clock tomorrow. They're going to split anyway, so it's just a matter of which uh, which game each guy gets. The last game that Mike played very well was in Pittsburgh against them, so we'll put him in against Pittsburgh and Costco will go against uh, Montreal tomorrow. At some length, can you compare your first year in Dallas and your first year in Phoenix to uh, so far this year? Uh, different atmospheres. You know, the Canadian market versus an American market to start with is, uh, that's different. In Dallas, I was a young coach. My first opportunity, you're jumping in there with a veteran team, uh, lots of high-end talent, and, uh, you know, expectations were very high, which, uh, as a coach, you enjoy that. In Arizona, uh, lots of question marks about the franchise and going in there in a bankrupt team, and... Uh, trying to figure out how to win with what you had in a limited payroll. And you come here and it's uh, lots of enthusiasm, lots of enthusiasm to get better. Uh, the Canadian market with the passion of the fans, the uh, ability to work with Ken Holland and the team here, a, a team that's young and has the ability to really grow. So the, the thing here is since the first day where I looked at this is it's the ability for this group to grow. And I think there's lots and lots of potential here with this group, but we have to continue to embrace that, embrace that uh, feeling that we have to grow and try to get better every day. And we have to foster some of our players to get to where they are now, to get to them to a level that they can play, you know, decent minutes on a real good team. So there's some growth that has to be, uh, has to be undertaken here, but there's lots to work with here, and it's been so far pretty good. There's, there's always you're always looking for more and looking for ways to get better, but so far a good group to work with, and they're willing to engage in the learning process, which is from a coaching standpoint that's good to see. Do you um, can you explain why you've had uh, uh, why your first year in both Dallas and and Phoenix were uh, and to this point, I guess, uh, so successful. I have no idea. You go in and you try to just do whatever you can with the players. Sometimes I think you could probably say that in a lot of places where coaches come in the first year, there's a change of just a different voice sometimes helps, you know, but uh, you go in and try to do what you can. And I'm a big believer. You see what you have to work with and you try to mold that group into finding ways to win. 
And we're doing that here with the thought process that we're trying to mold this team to win consistently year after year, not just trying to have a bump one year. No, we, we addressed the mistakes. That goal was addressed this morning because it, it looks like when you just look at that goal, it looks like Connor was late getting back and getting his man. There was a pile of issues before that occurred. On the rush read, Dryshell should have went over instead of Nurse on the wall. When he doesn't go there, it goes to the back, and that would have left Nurse in front of the net. Goes to the back of the net. Bear could have got beat by O'Reilly behind the net. In the meantime, Drysaddle had come back and swung through the slot. Cassian had thrown, swung through the other way, and McDavid was the last guy, last ditch effort to try to get the guy. So there was lots of issues before that that were all talked about this morning. So we address all those problems, whether they're top guys or other guys, because they're there are things that make your team better. There's, there, there are issues that have come up time and time again, and I'm a big believer in repetition. Like you just, you just don't say once, oh, you know, stop in front of the net and everything's good. If you just said that once and they keep doing it, you're not getting better, right? So we address all those things. That being said, they bring like the offensive part of the game. There's guys that, the lower guys in the lineup, we're looking for them to do more things offensively. When you come in and don't beat somebody or don't try to beat somebody or, or make a poor play, we're pushing those guys to get better. That's a mistake just like the mistakes defensively. So we're trying to push everybody to get better, whether you're a top offensive player or a good penalty killer or whatever it may be. If you've got a, a player like McDavid, does he need a defensive forward on his line? and Would, would that be another reason why Nugent Hopkins would be playing with him? Uh, no, it's it's more about making plays. It's more about getting people to make plays. And what you try to do as a coach, you, what you're you're always trying to gauge where your team's at. And there's some players that go on a little bubble and then they go down a little bit. And you're trying to you're trying to grab every one of those players and get them at the top to try to maximize what they do. Now there's some guys you're trying to get to that bubble. So Nuge has been a little uh, stagnant here, five on five. We're hoping he can make some plays with Connor. He's not, uh, we didn't come in this morning and say Nuge is a better defensive player, that's why he's going there. That's not the reason. We're trying to get, we're trying to get a balance between defense and offense there. So Nuge has played a little bit there before. I'd like to keep Dry going on his own line and see if we can keep that push in that line. Actually, the two games on the road was, was all right. So we're trying to, get some, trying to get some balance in there a little bit. But you're always trying to, find ways to get more production out of people or better play out of people. And there's people that you go, they get to that top and then they start to go down. So you're trying to find somebody to maximize that production. That's, that's what coaching is. Time now for a special treat. Let's hear from OSU running back and Edmonton area product, Chuba Hubbard, who will be the guest of honor tonight between the Oilers and Penguins as he will drop the ceremonial face-off and be uh, on hand tonight to witness his hometown team take on Evgeny Malkin and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hubbard, of course, having an absolutely phenomenal season at OSU, was named an All-American and uh, is set to suit up in his team's bowl game. However, that might be his last NCAA start as uh, I think it's anticipated and uh, pretty well understood that uh, Hubbard will declare for the NFL draft. 
come April, and we will likely see him taken, you know, perhaps on the second day of the NFL draft and begin what we hope is a long and illustrious NFL career and what would be an, an incredible feat for an Edmonton area football player. How does it feel to, to be here and, you know, being recognized at the game and, and the Oilers doing this for you? Uh, this is, <laughs> I keep saying it's crazy. Uh, obviously, it's a blessing. Um, I never would have pictured myself being in this uh you know, in this situation, obviously I dreamed of it and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's just a blessing to be here. What have you thought? It? This is your first ever Oilers game. How does a kid from Edmonton <laughs> slash Sherwood Park not see an Oilers game? Uh, I mean, I've watched plenty of Oilers games, but, I, yeah, I just haven't been able to get the chance to actually watch one, um, which is unfortunate. But um, I remember, I, th- I really don't remember the correct date, but I think it was the Stanley Cup. We were playing uh, Carolina. I think that was the last time we went. Um, that's probably when I was like the craziest Oilers fan. I wanted to see him then really bad, but I wasn't able to. But just to be here is, is awesome. So. I understand you got to talk to the players. What was that like? Um, you know, usually they're the ones doing the talking, but uh, you were holding court. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just telling them it's crazy. I'm actually meeting you guys and stuff like that. Watch you guys on TV and, you know, you guys are big stars. And just, you know, see them in person is, is crazy. They know about you, though. Yeah, they're, which they're, is they're <laughs> you know, guys like Darnell and Sam mm-hmm. were talking about just what you've been able to accomplish, a kid from northern Alberta, uh, down south. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm just blessed and for them to actually know me and you know, acknowledge me is just is amazing. You know, guys of you know, that high stature. What did you think when, when Gretzky started communicating with you, wherever the word is? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was at loss of words to be honest. Uh, you know, the great one to even I said, uh, mark my words, I said, even know what a chuba is uh, was a crazy. So for him to, like I said, you know, just know who I am and, you know, know what I'm doing was it was an honor. You really put yourself, you know, on the map football, but obviously you're not done. Do you have you thought at all about next year as a focus just right now still on the bowl game? Uh, yes, it's really just on the bowl game uh, right now. It's kind of premature, the, all the NFL draft stuff. Uh, you know, I've said uh, quite a bit. I'm just kind of taking it day by day and uh, seeing where it goes from there. You look back on, on this year, obviously you know, one of the best seasons ever, and you still have a chance to make it even better for yourself. What, what's allowed you to have such a, a jump in production and, and be among the elite of the elite? Uh, I think just probably consistent, uh, you know, consistent hard work, uh, just keeping at it every day. Obviously, when I came in, I think I was like the bottom of the depth chart. But I just kept working. You know, we have a lot of great resources at Oklahoma State. Uh, my family was there for me. There's a lot of things that factor into it. But also just I'm on a great team. I got people that, you know, help me along the way. We have great O-line and all types of stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of things that factor into it. If you were going to play hockey, what position would you be? What type of player? Mm, I think center. I like uh, I like kind of being in control of stuff like that. So. <laughs> Yeah. Did you ever grow up on skates, or did you ever play at all as a kid? Uh, <laughs> all your buddies my, my, my friend, over there, they used to laugh. I can't stop very well, but once I get going, I can get going pretty good. So, yeah. How much attention did you pay to the Heisman discussion and even the Lou Marsh Trophy here in uh, in Canada? A lot of people thought you should have been maybe uh, considered heavily, more heavily for those. Uh, the Lou Marsh, I saw stuff on that. Actually, I didn't know too much about it, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I really don't, I really try not to pay attention to that stuff too much. 
um, I just try focusing on the season winning games and, you know, all the accolades and the stuff after that are, you know, obviously blessing and, you know, honored to be even in that discussion. But, yeah, I try not to, you know, focus too much on that. What's your schedule here? I mean, you obviously have a game on the 27th. You have to be back before Christmas? Or? Uh, I leave tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. Uh, I, got, I got here yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Is that mostly for this thing? Or? Uh, so I was coming home. I was just going to see my family before Christmas. Uh, drop some stuff off for them and just kind of have like a quick little early Christmas and stuff like that. And, you know, the Oilers said I could come to the game and stuff. And I was like, I'm definitely going home now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's it's awesome being here. Has it changed for you in terms of walking around at home, walking around the mall, like people, you getting lots of people recognizing you? And is that uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's honestly crazy um, that you know, people kind of see see me as kind of famous, I guess you could say. I remember the one day I was just driving and I look over to the left and someone's taking a picture and I was like, what? <laughs> so it's definitely been crazy. Uh, this is actually last time I was home, so in May. And so, yes, yeah, it's, it's just, I'm honored to be in this position and, you know, I'm happy I can, you know, represent Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Alberta, and even Canada, so. Did you notice, have you been in town long enough to even get a reaction from, I mean, you were, starting to get known, but you weren't over the top famous when you left. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, when I was coming on my flight here, you know, someone stopped me. I was like, are you Chuba? And I was like, yeah. So it's, it's honestly just crazy and uh, crazy how fast life can change and stuff like that. But like I said, I'm just blessed to be in this position. I heard I talked to a few people uh, that said there were an inordinate amount of people that showed up down in Stillwater for that last game against the Sooners, uh, can you speak to that? Uh, yeah, uh, this whole season I've had family and friends and just, you know, people that, you know, have been supporting me come down to games and uh, see that Canadian flag in the stands and stuff. So um, it's been awesome, you know, to actually have people come down and watch the game and get a feel for it. So, yeah, I've definitely felt the support from my friends and family. You had a kick-ass bowl game the last time you were in one. Did you compare it to this situation? Um, That's to tough yeah, Texas A&M is a great team. Obviously, SEC, SEC is known for being one of the you know top conferences. But for me, I just kind of take each game you know as as it is. Um, it's football, so I prepare the same for everyone, and you know hope to you know help my team get a win. I think yesterday, I'm not sure, but I think it was yesterday that the official that you were a unanimous. Uh, yeah. I'm not quite sure what day that was either, but yeah, I saw that, and like I said, it's just it's just a testament to you know our team and you know all the support around me. I'm I'm blessed to be in this position, and um, you know football is a you know a team sport, so I wouldn't be able to do it without all my teammates. An even better team than you know this year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I'm taking that day by day, but um, we have a we're a real young team, so. Obviously, this season we we've had some up ups and downs, but um, yeah, a lot of those guys are young and they only get better. So, what's the, what's the reaction been like down there? You know, Canadian kid coming down and, and getting all of the headlines and getting all the attention. I mean, what, what's that been like to adapt to? Um, one being Canadian, also you know, running track. You know, they're not quite sure how you know how well Canadians can play football, and if I was just a track guy. So at first, people would probably, well, most definitely, like kind of hesitant, like to see what I can do. And for me, I'm just someone that, you know, wants to work hard every day and, 
you know, do, do my best for my family and, you know, even my country. So I just stuck with it, kept working, and, you know, it's, it's paid off. Um, I mean, there's amazing players all over the country. Um, even to be in that conversation is is crazy. So for me, um, <laughs> like I said, it's, it's, it's a blessing to even be in that talk. But all those awards and stuff, if you, you know you focus on them too much, you're you're gonna lose uh, sight of what really matters. And I'm there for my family and and all that. So I, I didn't try to focus on that too much. Uh, uh, they did a great job there. They're, they allowed me to take quite a bit of my family and stuff, so we'll probably have like eight of us there. So. That is Chuba Hubbard, who will be on hand for the Oilers and Penguins game tonight. And if he declares for the NFL draft, it would be an amazing accomplishment for the Edmonton area football player. Uh, and perhaps uh, uh, show kids around here that are aspiring football players that it isn't just the CFL that is attainable that it could, too, be the NFL. I know it would be really, really hard just to get to the CFL but and even harder to get to the NFL, but if a guy like Chuba Hubbard can do it from Edmonton, then uh, I'm sure there's others out there, too, that if they put their mind to it and focus in, can also uh, achieve that goal. So there you go. That does it for this edition of Locked On Oilers. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy the Oilers and Penguins and the Oilers and Canadians this weekend. We will be back Monday for the Oilers and the Canucks.